I know what you're thinking. Not the voice you were expecting to hear. And you're probably wondering where the music is. You're probably wondering if Daniel's even here. I'm here to let you know that he is. The boys are back. What is going on? It's been a long two months gone since I have last been able to sit down here on the Varsity Breakdown podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Guevara, and with me as always is Mr. Lupe Ramirez. And man, it is so good to finally be back and be able to talk Pinal County sports again. How have things been going, brother? Uh, For the last couple months, I've been gone and how how did that uh, end of the basketball season uh, shape up for you? Well, it was a little bit crazy. There was a lot of stuff going on as far as sports in the county and trying to keep up with everybody who was in the playoffs. And that was a, a really good thing this year. We had more teams in the playoffs that we were covering. So it, it it was very busy. But, I mean, I know everybody's probably wondering, like, how was it for you? You got to work the Super Bowl for a long time and – and I got to fill in in some of our followers about when you, or not even when, but I said, you know, you just gave them a little bit of information that you had taken a uh, position with Fox Sports. Why don't you give the listeners a, a little bit of details on how all that came into Oh, man. So um, with me going to school, for about the past couple of years, I've been working with Fox as a operations guy. Uh, so pretty much a runner, kind of go back and forth with taking stats up and down to the booths, uh, going to pick up important people, especially like the broadcasters. Uh, So that kind of lined me up to be able to get a phone call that I got offered to work the Super Bowl. So for the month I was gone from January all the way until I believe a few days after the Super Bowl, I got to watch the whole setup and teardown of what it takes to make the Super Bowl experience come alive. And I thought it was one of the coolest things. Uh, made a lot of connections along the way. Uh, we've spoken about a few. Uh, we'll, we'll mention them uh, later on uh, whenever we uh, whenever we get into uh, the latter part of the show. But I think it's, for me, it was just a surreal experience. You know, everybody asked me what I thought was the best part, all of it. You know, not only the celebrities that you saw, the both teams, uh, being able to even be on the media floor uh, during the media day uh, for the Super Bowl, getting to ask Juju a question and then him shouting out uh, my son. You know, that was some of the stuff that was just like, you can never imagine that. You know, that's mm-hmm. what you dream of. And I think it was one of the funnest things I've ever got to do. Okay, I know that you probably heard the, what was your favorite part? I'm going to ask you something different. What was your least favorite part of working the Super Bowl? And and no disrespect to any of like your coworkers, or I'm pretty sure you were cool with everybody you work with, but other than like being away from your family, because I know that's going to be like the easiest answer. Mm-hmm. What was the worst part of working with the Super Bowl? Or not necessarily, I'll, t- I'll rescind that. What was the most challenging part of working the Super Bowl? I would say uh, trying to please a lot of different people. You know, everybody has their favorite things. I mean, you're talking, I went and dropped off food to uh, the morning show for Fox uh, NFL, which is 
Terry Bradshaw, uh, Michael Strahan, uh, Howie Long, all those guys. So knowing that not everybody likes the same type of things or, you know, you have to go and get this one specific item for this one specific person because they can't go without it. And I'll tell you, like somebody like Aaron Andrews loves Uncrustables. You better have Uncrustables right there ready for her. So I think that was one of the most challenging parts. The part that I didn't like the most was that there was a lot of tedious things. Like we, uh, according to the Cardinals um, staff, the security, we weren't allowed to take a lot of pictures around the stadium or in the stadium at all. So I got to miss out on a lot of those experiences. Even though I saw people doing it regularly, there were talks that, hey, if you posted this online, that's why you never see me post a, a lot online, is that we could get our credentials revoked and be kicked off to the uh, of the game. So I think that part I hated the most where I didn't get to fully take in the experience with a lot of pictures and videos. And that's and that's cool that you say that. I think, to me, honestly, I I think if I was in your shoes, that experience to me would have been a whole lot better because for me, I'm that type of person. Like when I'm at a, a sporting event, a concert, or any type of of event, I'm usually there just watching. I'm I'm hardly ever on my phone. And when I am, it's because I'm like, you know, this is something that I I want to share, or there's just something in that moment. And I I don't know. Like I, I could imagine that. Not only uh, Fox Sports, but the NFL in general would like to keep, you know, certain things like, you know, hush, like the Super Bowl halftime show and uh, the the field. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing because there's and especially you, you would know, like there's so many different like bets of like what would the color of the end zone be or, or, or different stuff like that. And so so much of that stuff is crucial. And, and and to not let that information get out, I'm pretty sure that's, you know, like really top level things that you know they're, they're trying to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but either way, man, it it was a fun experience, but I definitely did miss uh, being around, you know, the basketball uh, community because we were building something special before I even uh, took the uh, job. You know, we had just started our streaming uh, for the I believe we did the Coolidge and Florence game. That was our last one that we got to stream. And I think that that is kind of going to be the future of what we do here at the varsity breakdown not only with the podcast and you taking photos and such but i think uh people really enjoyed that aspect of the game that you don't get on a regular basis and you know i did build a few connections that uh in the future um people have reached out to me for us to promote our show on roku and that was one of the big things that I was able to achieve uh, while at the Super Bowl and making some of those connections. But, you know, ultimately, I missed I missed everything about the basketball experience, especially the playoffs. I didn't get to really attend a game. But what were your thoughts as far as uh, you, you were able to cover a little bit more? What were your thoughts, not only of the season, but the teams that made the playoffs? As far as the teams making the playoffs, we, we all kind of knew that Coolidge was, you know, on that way. Um uh, one snub that I, I was really uh, kind of like, I, I mean, I could see why they didn't make it, but I, I was I was a little down that they didn't was Santan Foothills. Santan Foothills had a really good season this year. And, and ALA Ironwood, being at the couple games that I was there, uh, the games that I attended, I really didn't get to see Corey Wood go off. But seeing how he performed throughout the playoffs was unbelievable. He, him, Tone Willis, and that entire crew helped pushed them forward into the playoffs. And unfortunately, they came up just a bit short, but they made it to heights that people couldn't even imagine them being in the beginning of the season. I know that I I didn't uh, imagine them getting that far into the playoffs, especially getting further than a team that was 
not only ranked higher than them, but but beat them in a regular season game in Coolidge. So, and, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. The, the one of the main reasons why they they got further was because they didn't have to run into Monument Valley until the time they did. Yep. And and that was another thing. And I know that the guys on uh, Arizona Small Ball talk about this a lot. Um, I feel one of the things that that was kind of hindering Coolidge like that in the playoffs was in the regular season they didn't play a lot of teams that play quote unquote res ball mm-hmm. like they they played a lot of like s- slightly structured team and then and, and that's and just to clarify res ball is that fast paced running mm-hmm. gun shooting a lot of threes that that's what you're referring Seven to right seconds or less type yes. basketball yeah that's that's what I mean by that they, like a lot of the teams that they played weren't really that fast pace and i think that the biggest challenges came from a lot of the 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 christian schools that they faced like gilbert christian um uh what was the team that was it who did they lose to uh valley christian oh uh uh, they lost to um oh my favorite uh football team uh the one that only beats 3a benjamin franklin franklin yeah yeah that's and that's why it's so surprising because i was thinking that it was going to be like one of those uh christian or, or catholic charter schools but for Coolidge, when they ran into Monument Valley in the playoffs, it, it it was just it was really tough to watch because everything that could go wrong for the Bears was happening, and Monument Valley couldn't miss, and, and they distanced themselves so far from Coolidge that by the third fourth quarter, it was like yeah, there's there's nothing really stopping the you know the Mustangs from you know beating the Bears, and, and it was a little bit disappointing, and I'm pretty sure that you know a lot of the players felt that way too. Because you know, after making it all the way to the to the finals last year, and and you know, just coming up short there, and then losing this time in the playoffs, just you know, a couple rounds before, that's got to suck even more. And, and I know that you know, players like uh, Carlos Coronado will definitely be back in the playoffs, and 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 I know a lot of people in Coolidge are, are hoping that he can lead the Bears to a state championship, and there's no doubt that he will. I just think that if I'm being honest, because I, I went to this game and I got there a little bit late, but I got to see the atmosphere and the the energy and aggression of the players when they were playing Valley Christian. Mm-hmm. It was a packed house. Like it was so warm in there. It, 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 it was disgusting. But the atmosphere was so hype and, and energized. I feel like they gave all of their attention to Valley Christian in that regular season game that they kind of lost focus in the playoffs because they felt like their toughest challenge had already been met. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked about that end of the video, that timeout uh, captured, you know, when they're waving the team off the court. And I told uh, you, uh, because I I was actually uh, in Phoenix during that time, I told you, I was like, are they doing that a little bit too early? You know, and I think for Coolidge, in order to be a championship team, they need to put all that celebration in the back and play as a team. I think out of all of our best teams that made it to the playoffs, they were the team that least played like a team. They had the talent. You can win on talent at any given day of the week until you meet a team that is just as talented as you and they play like a team. And they help each other out. They pick each other up. And I think once you see Coolidge kind of get behind, that's when things start to fall apart for them. It happened against Valley Christian in the second half in the championship. And it happened at the start of the game uh, against Monument Valley this year. So I agree with you. I think for Carlos Coronado to now be the leader of that team 
or one of the leaders, it will have to go back to. But it's definitely going to be the focal point. of this Yeah, show. yeah, for sure. It, um, but I think for him, if I would give him a piece of advice, it would be to rally your teammates so that way you guys have each other's back. You know, and that was one of the things that I was always nervous about with Coolidge was do they really play as a team? I never thought they did. I just thought they were just talented enough to get by. And you can see how that can bite you in the butt later on down the road. But either way, I mean, kudos to all those players, uh, you know, to Coolidge uh, for having another successful season. You know, my biggest surprise definitely was uh, ALA Ironwood. I had heard uh, things about, you know, Corey Wood uh, when the season had started. I had heard about that team possibly being a playoff team, but I didn't think they were that good from what they actually showed me. I was very surprised. They were my surprise uh, team of the year because I did not expect them to go as far as, as they did. But, you know, big kudos to them. You know, we talked about the teams that stood out to us. Who do you feel is the team that kind of underperformed this year that you were surprised did not take that next step? A team that underperformed. Hmm. I would say it would definitely be a toss-up between Vista Grande and Maricopa. Mm -hmm. and, and for two totally different reasons. Vista Grande lost their original head coach, had Coach Downs come in and, and take over the helm, and, and they didn't have a really good season. They only walked away with two wins this year. Um, and, and, and another thing that sucks is that they didn't have a lot of stats to go off of, so we couldn't really tell you know, who was shining, who really wasn't. And, and you know that's a time... Or that's a story for a different time. But Maricopa had plenty of talent, and they they had all the chances to 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 beat certain teams. But there were so many times where they would. It was a lot like the, their football teams, where they would go in, you know, up at the half, or or you know, in a good position, and then something they would just you know lose their footing, and and the the other team would you know eventually separate from them. Um, I know that you know they had uh. Kevin Patton Jr. leave for Rancho Christian in California, and, and he actually won a state championship there. Mm -hmm. and, and that was a big blow to Maricopa. But the, the, the players that Maricopa had this year were, were definitely explosive enough. I, I feel like they just didn't have enough players around to support. I don't know if they had enough scoring power around Tristan Walters to actually get them further in the regular season and into the playoffs. But a, a team that I was happy to, to see them make it into the playoffs, but it was a little disheartening to see their early exit was Florence because mm -hmm. they worked. And from the time that we saw them last year going to the Santa Cruz tournament, they were a team where we were like, yo, they, these kids are good. And one player in particular that stands out would be Brandon Farley. Yep, He was explosive, con, you know, ridiculously athletic, and he would get up and down the court with ease. And he was not only like fast, where you would you know, you just expect like, like like a race car, for example, you just expect it to be fast the whole entire time. No, he was he had great handles. He he was he was able to distribute the ball whenever he needed to. He he wasn't a a player that demanded the ball a lot. He he let his team you know make their shots. That's why you had players like Noah Madueno out there doing his thing, Tyler Potter, and even Darren Swain like. All those guys were a really good cohesive unit, and and like I said, it just really sucked to see them take that early exit in the playoffs. Yeah, I think um, I can agree with you. Uh, for the team that I felt underperformed the most was probably Maricopa. As much talk as I was hearing, but like you said, when you lose one of your top players to another school, that's definitely hard to recover from. 
But uh, also, I think uh, Post and Butte, I thought, uh, you know, on the boys' side that they were they were better than a sub-500 team. You know, and they finished, I believe, 11 and 19 on the year. I thought that they were still good enough to possibly sneak into the playoffs. But it, w- it was a team that definitely underperformed for me. And I don't know. It, it was just it, it was a weird season for Pinal County basketball. You know, there was there was teams that really had bad, bad years. And I don't know how long it's going to take for those teams to kind of catch up with the I'd say four or five teams in Pinal County and a lot of them are pretty much in the 3A uh, division you know if you think about Coolidge, ALA, Ironwood, Florence, Santan Foothills almost made the playoffs those four teams if you think about it and and you know this episode we're just covering the boys so you know I'm not talking about the Post and Butte girls or the Coolidge girls you know those teams are starting to make some noise even Florence is another team but as far as the boys if you take those four teams out of Pinal County and you look at the rest of the nine that we have what team can you say is making that stride to compete with those teams there's maybe one and And I and you mentioned Maricopa no no I was gonna say Casa Grande Okay, I I could see Casa Grande. You know, I I did I do believe that they had a better year this year, and they, they were it, in a in in a more favorable position as far as um, their region. Because if you look at the competition that Maricopa plays, Maricopa plays tough school and all them valley eight, schools, uh, yeah. And that and that's the difference I think that coming into uh, basketball was seeing Maricopa. This was the first time we saw them this year to see that they are a 6A basketball team, not a 5A with football. So, you know, like like you said, they're a team that to us kind of underperformed, but at the same time, imagine if they still had their star uh, stud on the team, could they have snuck into the playoffs? But, you know, it's something that we'll, we'll have to see, you know, coming into next year. Uh, but Before we go any further, I want to kind of defend Post and Butte a little bit because I know okay. that you said that they were a little bit underperforming. One reason why I feel like they might have been a little bit underpowered in the beginning was because they were missing senior Connor Lopez, who was playing football at that time. Yeah, okay. If, if I feel like if, if granted, if, if Post and Butte didn't have the success they did in football season, they would have had him a little bit earlier in the basketball season. But nonetheless, I didn't feel like Post and Butte not making the playoffs essentially means that they kind of underperformed. The and, and and like you said, we're highlighting the boys. But when you have, and this is no disrespect to the Post and Broncos, the the boys basketball team. But when you have the boys basketball team next to the girls basketball team, the success, the energy, the hype that's all surrounded around the Lady Broncos, like you kind of get overshadowed by that because mm-hmm. they they have that that enthusiasm about them that they they can't be ignored. Yeah, and I I think for me, it, it's just it's because that school they there's pretty good at every single sport if you think about it Mm -hmm. very good football team got a very good ladies uh, basketball team and that's why I thought that they would have you know being in that 4A uh, division I thought they had enough pieces uh, to be able to be a playoff contender not eight games below 500 and so either either way uh, you know I'm wishing the best for all of our boys teams next year I mean I know there's some teams that we didn't get to touch on like Santa Cruz or Sequoia Pathway, but I feel that those teams like them 
Apache Junction, Vista Grande, they have to gel a little bit better. You know, we can make the excuse for Post and Butte for not having their players. We saw the same thing last year with Casa Grande. They started off a little bit rough because they were missing some key players that were playing football. In the state championship, right? But what can be the excuse for those teams when Apache Junction, I don't believe any of their football players played basketball. Santa Cruz didn't make the playoffs. Vista Grande didn't make the playoffs. Sequoia Pathway didn't make the playoffs. You know, so what is it with those programs that they are at the bottom of the totem pole? Because Apache Junction and Vista Grande were, I believe, the bottom two teams in 4A. Santa Cruz, Sequoia Pathway, they are at, at the bottom of the 2A divisions. Do you think it's there's not enough talent to play basketball? Because I don't think that's the case. Mm-mm. I just don't know what the issue is on why those programs going in from football to basketball, it's a big dive. I feel like the the quirks with those programs are is that they don't have a set structure right now. You look at Coolidge basketball, set structure. You have Glasgow who came back and took that that program and, and, and made it back to what it was. You look at the girls, Coach Aaron. Coach Aaron has been coaching these girls for a, a long time now and, and, and mentoring them from their time even before in high school. So – and then you look at Post and Butte. You see what Coach Bix is doing with the girls and how well that, that machine is moving right now. That's something that I'm seeing lacking in Sequoia Pathway. That's something that I'm seeing lacking in Santa Cruz. And it's the same way right now for Vista. And not for the girls necessarily because uh, Coach Barrett over there you know, is doing a tremendous job. And we'll get into that a little bit in the next episode. But with Coach Downs having a no pun intended down year in his first year at Vista – it's nothing to to hang your head on because there's plenty of time left for them to to move forward in you know in the next couple, uh, few seasons. But I, I feel like once they establish that winning, and it's not even a winning culture, it's just the structure of of what they believe in. One thing that one thing that stands out to me from this entire endeavor is that the coaches in Pinal County all love their kids, mm-hmm. and and the 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 toughest part is. Not every kid is going to react to coaching the same way as others. Yeah. And some kids work in, in other situations and, and other kids won't. It, it's, it's, it's really tough. I, I, I feel like in a, if you gave the coaches on those teams a good couple of years that they'll be able to turn those programs around. Last year we saw Coach Courtney at Santa Cruz. He didn't stay. He, he ended up, you know, uh, going elsewhere. Uh, and then we had, you know, Nathan's dad come in and take over. And and they had you know it, it was just one coach after another and they didn't really have an identity I felt like when yeah. you were there with me you actually got to pop in on the Sequoia po- uh, Sequoia Pathway game with me what was one thing that you noticed between those teams that is is holding them back from making that next step right now being humble you know um, you can't play this game you can't play any game if you're hot headed and all you care about is yourself. I see a lot of selfishness when it comes to certain teams. Um, okay, I know this is a rivalry. You want to beat that team. You know, I understand that. But when your record is showing that you're not a very good team, the goal should be to put your head down, go out there and bust your butt to try to make your team better. But leadership would probably be the second thing. I do not see any leaders out there on the floor for any of those teams we mentioned. And the record kind of dictates that. So until, you know, a coach can only lead you so far. 
going back to the successful teams, talent can only get you so far. You have to have somebody out there that's willing to take control on the court and hold their teammates accountable. And I don't see that for any of those teams. So I think leadership and being humble as to what kind of team you are, you know, this isn't this isn't football where you can just go and blow opponents out of the way. You know, we we see teams constantly do really well in the first half, come in the second half and get a little cocky and then boom, they they blow a lead. You know, okay, yes, you're you're making all your shots. You don't have to celebrate every single time you make a basket. You know, what I think these a lot of kids uh, these days don't understand is, okay, cool, I scored a basket. Let me get back on defense, make a stop, and go try to do it again. Okay, let me play devil's advocate, though. Go ahead. Okay, you're a student athlete. You, you've been a student athlete. You're in a rivalry game. You have to deal with the input from the student section. And now you're a visitor, and you have to hear what they have to say in that student section. What's your advice to those student athletes that have to deal with that negativity coming from people their age and them trying to have to block that out and, and perform? I will tell you how my coaches used to tell me. Let the scoreboard t- do the talking for you. At that specific game, no matter what the outcome was, it kind of irritated me because there was beef there at the end of it where people were having to be pulled back or be walked out of the the gym because they were going to fight. Okay, but at the end of the day, what is your record? Can you really sit there and get mm-hmm. pissed off because one team with the losing record beat another team with the losing record? No. You look up at the scoreboard, you point to the scoreboard, walk off the court, that's it. Let the scoreboard do the talking for you. Bust your butt up and down the court, try to score baskets, get back on defense, and play, and play each possession that way. Because the more you let the crowd dictate or the referees dictate the game for you, it's going to show what kind of character you have and the type of performance you're going to put out there. And like I said, it, I don't, I, I'm not saying don't celebrate, don't get excited, don't get hyped up. Because yes, that's what brings the energy. But you know what? If your bench is talking crap, their bench is talking crap, are you really getting hyped or are you just getting more pissed off? So I think that at the end of the day, you just let the scoreboard do the talking because there's plenty of schools we went and saw up in the valley that, you know, their their student sections, their crowds were crazy Ten times worse, 10 times worse. But the difference was those crowds knew how to get into the heads of our teams. And when they did that, that's when the teams that's when our teams wanted to sit there and fold and make an excuse and get pissed off and try to fight. If you show, if Pinal County were to show what type of teams we have here that, you know, because I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. When teams from the Valley come and play our teams, what are they expecting? They're expecting a lot of shit talking. They're expecting, I'm going to say it because you know what? I hear it a lot. Uh, you know, even when I played, we're just a bunch of ghetto kids. That we don't know how to conduct ourselves properly when it comes to playing the game. Mm-hmm. If we cannot sit there and conduct ourselves properly, who's going to respect us? You know, and that's out of all the 13 teams. I'm talking about all of them. You, you know, there's certain teams that when you talk about Pinal County, what are the teams that get brought up? Florence, Post and Butte, Combs, ALA Ironwood. Then once you start talking about Casa Graham, Vista Grande, Santa Cruz, Coolidge, 
what's the first thing that people say come to their head? Oh, those are the ghetto schools. Exactly. And and and, and that's no disrespect. We went to those ghetto schools, mm-hmm. and, and and we didn't see them at, that way at the time. I mean, granted, the schools that you mentioned prior are a little bit better performing academically. They get more more funding because because they perform academically. I I don't know. I I don't think that living up or trying to keep that same reputation is going to get us anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're, we're not giving ourselves room for improvement. If we just continue to do the same thing or continue to act out in the same ways that, like you said, people are already expecting. And, and, and that's kind of, you know, a little bit of a downer when you think about it, because you, you know, a lot of the times like, and, and I'll, I'll say this because I've heard uh, a coworker say this, when I, I completely disagreed, they're like, oh, I did it the Coolidge way. I was like, no, 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 don't say that. That's disrespectful because mm-hmm. when you say that about my hometown, like, and it, it was a bad thing. It wasn't a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, I won't get into detail, but I was like, that's not the Coolidge way. I was like, I'm from Coolidge. I would never do that. I was like, I know plenty of people from Coolidge that would never do that. So don't call it the Coolidge way. Don't even call it, call it your way Yeah, because it's, it's your thing. Don't, don't, don't put the, the negativity on the city that you're from. And, and, and that's, it's the same way with Santa Cruz, like or, or Sequoia Pathway, especially because they have that Detroit Pistons type vibe where they're the bad boys. Like they're if if you try to look at the schools in Maricopa between the new school, uh, what is it like Desert Edge or something like that, or Desert Sunrise? Desert Sunrise, yeah. If you look at schools like Desert Sunrise, Maricopa, and Sequoia Pathway, if you're trying to see which team has more edge it's obviously going to be the charter school and, and they kind of carry that rep. And, 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 and that's not a bad thing because like, if, if you go back to like their football team, shout out to coach Donnie, we got mad love for coach Donnie, the way that he was able to turn that aggression from his players into well-performed football games. I'm, I'm curious to see if the next head coach and athletic director is going to be able to, to have that same effect on these young men, because let's be, let's be honest. A lot of these kids they're, they're really tough to coach and they're own, not really necessarily really tough to coach, but they they, they respond to a specific coaching method that not every individual is capable of. Mm-hmm. And, and we've talked about that on previous episodes about how you have to have the right coach in the right system in order for them to be successful. But, you know, like I said, I think Pinal County as a whole, we did pretty well. You know, uh, we had four teams in the 3A division excel on the boys' end. But, you know, I'm I'm hoping for more. You know, I want to see that this county is one of the most feared counties when it comes to teams coming to play here or us traveling out there. Because I think if these players just listened a little bit more to their coaches and bought into the schemes that they're trying to um, that they're trying to instill in these kids, you might see something different. But until they can play as a team, until they build that chemistry, and until we can see consistency from coaches as far as not one and dones, then we'll start seeing the uh, change when it comes to Pinal County basketball here uh, in the state of Arizona. Why don't we uh, switch gears a little bit? Because I know one thing that people have been waiting on. We did this for football. It was very successful. Everybody loved it. We are going to do uh, for basketball the same thing we did for football and pick our fantasy teams. So why don't you go ahead and explain the rules for these ones? Because I know everybody's going to tune into this part. So I know a lot of you guys have been waiting for this. So here are some quick rules into our draft. 
We're going to be picking 10 players each, and we're going to have 90 seconds to pick each player. We're going to flip a coin, and then because I came up the way from Coolidge, I'm going to get to, to make the call. If I win, I get the first pick. If I lose, Daniel gets the first pick. We're going to go back and forth until our teams are full. But one thing I do want to mention is that players that are picked one through five aren't necessarily our starters. Any player that's picked six through ten could also be a starter, and we're going to release our starting lineups and reserves later on after the episode is, is released. So stay tuned for that as well. D, you ready? Oh, yeah. Definitely ready. So let everybody know the team names again. Okay, so Team Lupe will be the Like Mike Knights, and Team Daniel is the Space Jam fam. Yes, sir. Let's see who will be joining the fam. All right, so let's get this coin toss uh, underway so we can figure out who we'll be picking first. All right, I'm going to choose tails. And it's heads, so Ooh. you get the first pick. All right, all right. So you're going to let me know when the clock is starting? Let me get that up and ready, and we're going to get this draft going immediately. Your time starts now. Da-na-na, da-na-na. All right, so for my first pick... I am going to pick Senior Bray Gant from Coolidge High School. Good pick. Only took you about 18 seconds. Oh, yeah. I was one of those teams. I already had the pick locked in. Just took longer uh, to make things interesting. Okay, so you picked up Bray Gant. That's a good pick. I, I'm respecting that. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be that guy. I'm going to split the two-star players. My first pick for the Like Mike Knights is point guard Carlos Coronado. Ooh, that was a good one. That was a good one. All right, so, damn. So for my second pick, I'm going to stick in the 3A, and I'm going to go with Corey Wood. Got two big-time scores right there. Yeah, you definitely got some good scores right there. But if we're going to get scores like that, there's one score that stands out to me. And I know that this is going to be a, a, a really fun time. If, the, if this would actually be able to happen, this would be a really good thing to watch. But my second pick for the Like Mike Knights is going to be Brandon Marshall Farley. That's a good one. All right. You're up. Hmm. All right. So with the th- my third pick, I got to take uh, my talents to Casa Grande, and I'm going to pick Anthony Garcia. From the Cast Grand Cougars. All right. And just to make things interesting, nah, I, I won't do that. I won't do that because I don't want to well, split everybody up. Yeah, you might as well. I mean, we got to pick 10 players. Well, see, I got I got the ability to distribute in Carlos and obviously the ability to score in both him and Farley, but I need some paint presence. And and there was one person this entire year that that completely just – like, had me all in. Like, I'm pushing my chips all to the center. And the kid's a freshman. I'm going to have to pick, with my third pick, number 33 from the Casa Grande Cougars, Avion Williams. Good pick. He's going to be special for the coming years for he the is. Cougars. He's going to be scary. All right. Let's see. So, this would be my fourth pick? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, for my fourth pick, I got to find somebody to – uh hold down the paint as well. So I'm going to take Andre Thomas from Post and Butte. For my fourth pick, I'm going to take Tristan Walters. Nice pick. 
Ooh. The fam is on the clock. All right. So for pick number five, I'm going to take Michael Gray out of Santan Foothills. Let's see. You picked up Michael Gray. Mm, man, this is tough. Who do I? All right. My fifth pick is going to be Drew Madrid. Ooh. That was a good one. All right. I think I got enough scores. So I'm going to go uh, with some utility guys that either can get it done inside or play really good defense. So I'm going to go with Connor Lopez good out pick. of Post and Butte. And that was pick number six. Mm-hmm. All right. My sixth pick is going to be going to need a little bit more size. So let me compare these two really quick. If you could take a guess of where I'm going to draft from, which school do you think I'm going to draft from right now? For size? Who? Um, Maricopa? No, I'm actually going to go down to Florence and pick up senior Brian Madden. That's a good pickup. I like his fundamentals. Let's see. And this is pick seven? Mm-hmm. Pick number seven. All right, for pick seven, let me go back out to ALA Ironwood and take Mr. Tony Willis. All right, good pick with Tone. That, that, I'm going to stick in that same area, and I'm going to pick another big man, a big man I actually saw with the, the Santan Foothills track team this, this week. I'm going to pick up Eli Fields. Okay. All right, so pick number eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for my eighth pick, I'm actually going to go outside of the normal schools we've had. And I'm going to go down to uh, Sequoia Pathway. I knew you were going to go this route. And I'm going to pick up Mr. Michael Luna. Good pick. I'm pretty sure he's he's ecstatic right now hearing that. I'm pretty sure he wanted to put on a, a Knights uniform, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with my eighth pick, I'm going to go from a school that we don't even have stats from. All right. This is just... Straight from Corazon, okay? Okay. I like it. Darnell Castro, you're a member of the Like Mike Knights. Okay. Well, speaking of Corazons, this guy always used to throw the Corazon to us every time we see him. One of the funnest, most charismatic dudes I've ever watched so far. And, you know, I'm going to miss him next year because he's going to be down in college. But I'm going to pick my boy Belcom. Good pick. Out of Coolidge. All right, so you're down to your last pick, so you get to clicking and clacking. We're actually ahead of schedule, and if I'm being honest with, with the listeners, I haven't even been keeping up with the time because we're just going back and forth, back and forth, but this is moving along pretty fast. Yeah. It's a lot faster than our football draft. Oh, for sure, for sure. Let's see. You know, I'm, I'm missing a little bit of presence from ALA on my team, so I know that you got two of the three-headed monster, so yep. I got to get the third head. Jackson Chapman is a member of the Like Mike Knight. All right. Hmm. Let's see. So um, there's plenty of places we can go with this one. You did a good one getting Eli. I got my last pick in, in, in the pocket. I can't even give you an inclination of where I'm leaning with that one. You know what? I like this guy's present. I think in the coming years he's going to come into his own. But I'm actually going to take my talents down to Santa Cruz. And I got to have another uh, backup point guard. So I'm going to take Jonathan Ramos. Good pick. And with the final pick for the Like Mike Knights, go to Santan Foothills and get Marcus Bennett. Oh, man, if that kid 
continues to develop his game, he's going to be really nice it sucks in the coming years. It, it only sucks for me because I had plans of him having either him and Eli paired with Michael, but you ended up picking him as your fifth pick. So, I mean, it, that just goes to show you how much talent is in that school. And like I said, it's just weird. And not weird, but it's just unfortunate that they didn't make it to the playoffs. Yeah, but you know what? Santan Foothills, man, definitely the surprise team of the year. And you know what? At the end of the year, we're going to have – some awards, you know, maybe not physically because these are just overall awards, whether it's football, basketball, or baseball, softball. We're going to have our team of the year, you know, like our player of the year, like everything at the end of the season once baseball and softball wrap up. And we're going to start diving into those in about two episodes or after we uh, cover the girls, but be on the lookout for that one. So let's get a recap. Okay. First pick for the fam, Bray Gant. First pick for the Knights, Carlos Coronado. The fam took Corey Wood at two. The Knights pick up Brandon Farley with the second pick. With your third pick, you pick up Anthony Garcia. My third pick was Avion Williams. Your fourth pick, Andre Thomas. My fourth pick, Tristan Walters. Your fifth pick, Michael Gray against my fifth pick, Drew Madrid. Number six for you, Connor Lopez. Number six for me, Brian Madden. Seven for you, Tony Willis. Seven for me, Eli Fields. Eight, Michael Luna. Eight for me, Darnell Castro. Nine for you, Belkum Namagambe. Nine for me, Jackson T. Chapman. Your final pick, Jonathan Ramos. And my final pick, Marcus Bennett. Now, before we even get ready to close out, I'm going to throw you a curveball because I just thought about this right now. Okay. No team is able to get, get out there without a coach. Now you get you can pick one coach to to lead your team. Wow, that that one was definitely a curveball. Just on the boys' side, right? Just on the boys' side. Just on the boys' side. And I'm and you're getting the first pick there because I technically I, I made the last pick, so it's back to you. You know what, man? Go get me Coach Howe. Oh, bro. out of CG, okay, baby. See, see Coach Howe, man, I love his enthusiasm and the way he uh, has his guys prepared in week in week out, man. It to me. He's one of those coaches that would excite me to come to practice yeah, every day. He's definitely day. a player's coach. And, and and it sucks that that, that you actually picked out because <laughs> he was my sleeper, bro. I was oh, expecting man. you to pick like Glasgow or something. Yeah, you know what though? I I know that Glasgow can lead any team, but you know what? I want that coach that players are going to be excited to see week in and week out, and I think coach Howe is that guy. So who are you going to uh wrap it up with? My my coach leading this team is going to be None other than Ryan McCurdy of the ALA Ironwood Warriors. Definite good coach there. Definite. And you've got to uh, meet uh, Coach McCurdy in person or not yet? Not yet. I haven't got to meet him in person. I've actually got to, you know, to just shake his hand and say good game, Coach. Um, something I'm looking forward to because when we got to talk to uh, Connor Mull, he got to, t- uh, to talking to us about how good the basketball team was and how easy it is to get behind Coach. And so, yeah, he's definitely somebody I'm looking forward to, you know, getting to know better, especially if he's going to be running my team. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that this season. And, and I'm hoping that everybody listening got a little bit of excitement. Maybe, we, you know, we ruffled a little bit of feathers with some of the things we said, but that's all right. Because, you know, that's the best thing about what we do. We're not here to, to repeat the same narrative that everybody else knows. Mm-hmm. We know that everybody else has their own opinions and all we're doing is just sharing ours. Yep. 
And, and and I had fun picking these teams. And to look at the confusion on your face when I told you you had to pick a coach, <laughs> that 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 was that was definitely satisfying. Well, you know what? If we're GMs on this fantasy league, I'm I'm glad with the team I have, and I can't wait to uh, have that posted on IG and Facebook just to see what everybody's reaction is going to be, especially when that starting five comes out. Just imagine what it would be like if we went with the the route I wanted to go, fifteen and fifteen. Oh man, that would have been even tougher. But well, and I, I think maybe next year, uh, you know, include we'll we'll get some football e- experts and basketball experts, and then when we get into baseball and softball, maybe we could sit down with a couple, at least one other person, and make things interesting. Because I know with football, Chris Kidney, you know, Rodney Cox, those guys know their football, and they would love to sit there and make their own fantasy team and go against us. And I think that's something actually that we would. That's something actually I, I like that idea. We, we get Chris and Rodney, okay, think about this, where we pick solely Pinal County players. Chris has the ability to pick everybody in that Tucson pool. Rodney has the biggest advantage because not only is he in our area as well, but he's got the Phoenix area, the Tucson area, so he has his jurisdiction reaches far. Man, Rodney's Pinal County, let's be honest. He lives in Post and Butte. He's, he's Pinal oh, County. Why you got to blow up his spot like that? <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. He doesn't nah, live he... in Post and Butte. Remember, he lives in Santan Foothills. Oh, yep. Uh, no, I, hope he, I hope he hears that. I hope he hears that, too. And, and, and Miss Fields, if you're hearing that, I hope you got a good chuckle out of that. But, yeah, no, definitely a good idea. And, you know, even to bring in maybe not girl coaches, you know, or maybe the girl coaches can come and participate on the boys' side and vice versa, you know, and just make things fun. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, when you have more people who are pulling names out of the way, it's going to be good. It's going to be way harder than me and you just going back and forth having, you know, to pick some of the top performers because I guarantee you Corey Wood wouldn't have been there whenever I had my second pick if there was a couple more people. And see, and that was the toughest thing. I was like, am I going to go with Corey Wood or am I going to give your team that ability to have more chemistry by picking up the one-two punch in Coolidge's Coronado and, and Gant? So that's why I, I had to, to throw a little wrench in your plans there, but... Oh, I don't know. I, I think I might have been uh, picking up Brandon if you would have taken Corey. So that would have been made things a little interesting. So and see, and and the thing, the the my methodology of picking my team was I I knew right off the bat it was going to be either Carlos or Bray, and 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 with with the first pick, and that was going to be the toughest spot. It was who's going to be that pick. Mm-hmm. But on the way here, I was like, I need that floor general, like. Yeah. Carlos is that guy, bro. Like, so I, I had, to, he had to be number one for the Knights. I don't know, dude. I, I think I got the best scoring team, you know, and I got Anthony Garcia distributing the ball. So, and, and he averaged 20 a game. So, you know, not only can he dish it, I got a lot of, I got a lot of scores on that team, but. Yeah, your team's got scores, but I got defense and size, bro. Yeah. Good luck getting past <laughs> my guys, bro. We're, we're going to run that uh, res ball, man. Okay. Running good knowledge. <laughs> but um, to wrap up the show, I know. That basketball season is officially over. Congratulations, you know, to all the state champions, uh, to Perry High School first open division champions. But we also have some awards to give away. So uh, this year we're giving away our Boys Player of the Year and our Coach of the Year. So would you like to do the honors of announcing our Boys Player Breakout Player of the Year? Yeah, it, it, it took a little bit of consideration, and, and he had some really tough competition to go up against this year. But our boys' basketball varsity breakout player of the year is none other than Bray Gant of the Coolidge Bears. Congratulations, Bray. We're going to have something nice for you soon. So now that I revealed our boys' player, why don't you reveal who is our men's basketball coach of the year? All right, so, you know, definitely a lot of 
people that could have been considered uh, for this award. But I think for what this coach did and having his team get so far in the playoffs and definitely a surprise team for me and you, I think this award has to go to coach Ryan McCurdy of the ALA Ironwood Warriors because he set the tone on how to elevate a team and get them to not only surprise us, but surprise all of 3A and the state as well. Mm -hmm. So congratulations, uh, Coach McCurdy. Definitely uh, a deserved award for you. And we will have uh, these placards. I I know people have seen them before uh, for what we did for football. So stay tuned for those awards to be passed out. Once again, congratulations, you know, not only to Bray uh, and the Coolidge Bears, but to uh, Coach McCurdy and the Warriors as well. And, you know, to the rest of our Pinal County teams, you know, whether it was a season you expected or not, we're still proud of you. We hope that there are bigger things to come, not only for the schools that made the playoffs, but for the ones that are looking to uh, improve next year. And, you know, just kind of stay tuned. Uh, We have part two of our basketball wrap up uh, coming up uh, in a few days as we're going to be revealing the girls fantasy uh, draft as well as our uh, player of the year and our coach of the year. So looking forward to this one, bro. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad we're finally uh, able to uh, be back together as a whole because I know while I was gone, man, it, it just I felt something empty during that time. So I'm glad to be back. Uh, it, 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 I'm glad to have you back too, bro. Like it wasn't weird to go to a game alone, but it, it was it was tough because like you know to sit there and watch a game and be like. Like, I, I don't know who to talk to and be like, yo, did you see that? Or like, you know, or, or give them my perspective of what I'm seeing. And, and now that you're back, it's going to be good to have you back with me watching baseball. Yeah. I know that we've had a couple of parents and players ask us if we're going to be streaming that as well. We're looking into it. We're trying to figure out our best angle and whether or not we should be going the video route or just solely broadcasting it. Uh, uh, audio. Audio. So, uh, but for sure, for sure, we're doing audio just to start off until, you know, the, these cameras we have or that we're about to purchase, they're not cheap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I know I've hit my fair share of foul balls and I know that they can end up anywhere. So, you know, we don't want to damage our equipment, but at the same time, we want to provide a quality product uh, for the viewers. So for sure, stay tuned for all of those audio games, because at least we can do that. At least we can provide something. But me personally, I wanted to say one thing before we wrapped up. Is that, you know, uh, for the past couple of months, I've been away. I felt like I haven't been able to give everything I have to not only our page, but our podcast and everything as well. You know, just dealing with the Super Bowl stuff and then, you know, us being apart and everything like that. I want you all to know that from this point forward, you're going to get the best of me. You know, and we're we're looking to do some big things here in Pinal County. And, you know, me and Loopy are looking to hopefully make streaming a full-time thing in Pinal County and be able to not only get sponsorships, but as well as being able to provide a big service around Pinal County because we see the potential. But I feel that I've slacked a little bit when it comes to progressing this stuff. So from this point forward, you're going to get the best of me. And we're going to make this thing bigger than what it already is, because, I mean, without you guys, none of this would have been possible. But I know we have a higher ceiling that we want to reach. Every ceiling is just a new floor to break through, bro. Yep. And and we're going to keep doing that. Well, without further ado, for the first time in two months. Finally. Any last words? Take it easy.